I had never given myself that opportunity to say, Kim, look at your life right now. Where are you at? What do you have? What do you want? What do you want to do? And so I decided to take a risk on myself. And it was a very unpopular decision to many, many others. What do you mean you're not going to get a real job? That's what I heard that a lot. Get a real job. I went, well, writing is real. Podcasting is real. It's just not what you're comfortable or familiar with. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. We're going to talk today about being a warrior or a creator. They both have two different kinds of energies, and they're good in different points in time. But if you're spending all your time in one of those places, if you're spending all your time in the prevent and protect warrior mode, you're probably not having the most joyful life that you can. So I am here today with author and the host of the podcast, Let Fear Bounce, Kim Lindling, and we're going to talk about this concept of warrior and creator. And she started off in one of those modes, and now she has manifested her life into something a little bit different than it was before, and we're going to hear all about that. But first, Kim, can you tell us what it is that you do now? Well, first off, thanks for having me. This is awesome. I've been really looking forward to this conversation and hanging out with you for a little bit. What I do now, I'm an author and a podcast host, like you said, of Let Fear Bounce, and I truly enjoy, I truly enjoy doing that. I've been doing the podcast for about three years now, and I've been writing since 2004. And that is an ever-changing journey, my writing journey. And it's fun to look back to what I wrote in 2004 to how I write now, because we all change. And I'm in a different season in my life than I was in 2004. So right now I'm embracing the season I'm in and embracing the opportunities that I see ahead of me, that doors that might've been locked are now unlocked or they're mm. creaking open a little bit and I can peek through and say, hmm, hmm, I might go through there for a little while. I'm just taking it each day and enjoying the journey, writing, putting my, that's what I do all day. I put my time into writing my podcast and I also have a few clients that I help out with their back end stuff. So they're, the days are full, but they are filled with stuff that I enjoy. And 
the only pressure that I feel would be pressure that I put on myself. Wonderful. And that's what being the wolf is all about is creating this life that is perfect and true and right for you. And I love that you said the only pressure that you put on your that you have is the pressure that you put on yourself. And I know so many people out there are stressed the F out and feeling the pressure of everything, whether it's family, their job, their kids, their friends, their parents, there's so much pressure coming from everywhere. And I think, well, I know subconsciously, because I work with the subconscious mind, there is this drive within us to try to be all things to all people, to try to make sure that everybody likes us, to try to fit in, to try to do all of the right things. And this comes from a baseline of we come into this world knowing that we need people to survive. We are an infant. We obviously cannot survive on our own as an infant. So there is this, they must love us or I will be abandoned and I will not live. And because of that, I think that's the source of so much of our warrior energy, right? Prevent and protect. Make sure that the bad things don't happen so that I can keep moving forward and I can live another day. And I think that's where a lot of people are living. And you used to, you referred to yourself as a sales road warrior at one point. <laughs> I was in sales and marketing for over 25 years. So that was kind of, you know, the foundation of where I'm at now. And it also helped me decide what it is I wanted. Yeah. It's funny how that stuff that we did that maybe not was not so aligned with us really created building blocks for us to do what we want later. So can you tell us about being more in warrior mode in your life? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot since you and I first connected and being in warrior mode, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've been in it as long as I can remember in warrior mode even growing up. So I, it's interesting to look back and <clears throat> pardon me to look back at your five-year-old self and then see yourself in the mirror now where I'm, I'm in my fifties in a totally different season. And hopefully I've gathered some wisdom along, <laughs> along the way, <laughs> but warrior mode, I think it began when I was younger, much younger then I went into the military, experienced some traumatic events and, and lived with PTSD. So that enforced my warrior mode, the survival part of it, not physically, but mentally. And I became a, an incredible wall builder. That's, that's, that's how I look at it. I became a professional wall builder brick by brick. And if they start to crumble or crack, oh my gosh, we don't let light in. No way. You've got to get the mortar out and shore that wall back up. Don't let light in for goodness sakes, because if light comes in, then you have to acknowledge all that's in front of you. And the building of the walls, I think so many people can relate, right? You've been hurt. Something bad happens. Let's build a wall. 
protect ourselves from having it happen again. And, and right, that's that's full warrior mode. You're building a fortress to protect the beautiful, sensitive, wonderful, creative soul inside of you. Except when we live in that place, we actually have so many walls, so much stuff protecting us, armor if we're if we're in battle, that nobody can actually see or connect to that beautiful creative soul that's deep inside. You're right. And the one that's the one that's armored up, and I was that person for a long, long time, you don't realize that. And I always say it's because I was so stuck in my own bubble. I couldn't see past a certain thing. And there's something that my counselor has shared with me years ago, and I've never forgotten it. So I'm going to use a prop here. So when you're in your bubble, you're in your bubble and you don't see what everybody else can see. You don't, you don't really grasp what everybody's saying. Hey, it's colorful out here. It's beautiful. Come on out here and breathe for a little bit. Just a little peek out. Come on. And, but you're so stuck in your bubble, you have no vision. So Kleenex box. And my, my counselor at one point, she said, Kim, put the Kleenex box directly in front of your face. And she said, what do you see? I said, I can't see anything. It's all blurry. And she said, exactly. And I thought that that was the best visual because I'm a very visual person. Put anything in front of your face. You can't see past it. You don't even have peripheral vision to see anything good that's around you. So you just have to, and it's not easy. Gosh, please don't think that I'm saying this is easy, folks, because it's not. But try and move that whatever it is you have in front of your face, figuratively, whatever you have in front of your face, move it a little bit because you're blinded to everything else that's good and beautiful and worth seeing and living and breathing in, you know? And do I go back to that having the box in front of my face? Heck yes, I do. I'm human. I'm human. But then now at least I have the toolbox to reach into on how to move that box out of my way. So I can still have, so I can get that clearer vision and realize I'm not stuck in this dark, blurry place because you don't have to be stuck there. No one needs to be stuck there. You don't want to be stuck there. And we weren't meant to be stuck. We weren't put on this planet to be stuck. Yes. And you know, what is so interesting about that warrior place, right? I think about it as the fortress, right? You've built the city and you put the walls around it to protect, right? This is what our armies and our armed forces do. They're there to protect the boundaries of our country, so to speak. And so that nothing bad can happen and that everybody inside could can feel safe and live maybe in a more creative space. But when you're in that fortress, you've got the walls around. The only thing you have access to is what has already been created. Because you're inside the bubble or the walls. And so if you're in that place of prevent and protect and warrior mode, you cannot create something new. You can only recycle what you've already done because that's what you've got there. But if you climb up on the walls, you look get in the lookout station and you look out, you can see that there's so much more opportunity, so many more things to access 
but you cannot do it from within the walls. Too true. <laughs> Too true. <laughs> so one of the things that when we talked before, you use nature as a place of inspiration to really let your creative juices flow. Tell us, a, tell us about how you came to discover that that is such an important piece of your creativity. I found that when I would have my bad days, I mean, along with PTSD comes depression, anxiety, sleeplessness, all kinds of other things. And when I would have bad days, like I could feel my, and I always say sinking, when I could feel myself sinking into that darker place. Where I live, I live in the country. I'm blessed to live in the country. I have a very large yard and I'm surrounded by fields and woods. And I realized that I found myself able to better breathe when I was outside. And this was years ago. And so my dog and I, we, li we literally walked hundreds of miles over the years. The one dog I had for 14 years, we literally walked hundreds of miles over 14 years. And not only was he as my, you know, canine companion calming to me, but being, being outside, it's all, it's all the time. That's where I breathe. That's, that's where, and even if I'm having a good day, there's nothing, there's no issues or anything happening. I can still get outside and just get that little extra bump and just in with the good and out with the bad. Listening to the wind to me is ridiculously calming. Listening to people at nighttime doing their nighttime fire. It's a beautiful thing. In the morning, watching the sunrise, watching the dewdrops sparkle on, on, on grass or out in the field on the corn stalks that are growing. All those little things that most people, I think in the rush and busyness of their day, they never take the time to look at. And if you did, you'd realize that the world is a huge and beautiful place outside of your walls, the fortress walls, or your bubble, and certainly on the other side of whatever it is you have blocking your vision. Once I realized that, it was a game changer. And now that is a lot of times I, you know, I cut my outdoor therapy. I just get it's like time to breathe. Let's go outside. And it doesn't matter. I live in a in an area where you experience all four seasons. So it doesn't matter what season we're in, whether it's raining, snowing, sleeting, whatever. If I need to breathe, the dog and I are outside. I, I have invested in really clothing for whatever season we have. That's been one of my main investments because I have to be outside. For me, it's calming and it's just beautiful. Nature is amazing. And I'm so often in awe by it. I just had, I have deer that come through my yard every night and I talk to them. I talk to all the critters. And this one young mama, I call her young mama, she was coming through and coming through. And then I didn't see her for a bit. And just a few days ago, a few evenings ago, she came through and I looked and I'm like, oh, well, there you are, sweet pea. I haven't seen you in a while. And then out walks twin fawns. Oh, so she brought her babies to introduce them to the realm. I call it where I live the realm. I always, that's what I say. I'm the queen of the realm and this is my realm. So this mama deer felt safe enough. 
to bring her little ones in to introduce to me real quick. And uh, they're just, it's watching something like that is so calming and so peaceful and so precious. And then you look at, you're like, look at this, look at this scene in front of me. I'm in awe by it because at times I have no words for it. I just sit and watch and breathe. And one of the places of that, when you take the time to sit in nature or get out of your house, I used to, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to do a lot of walking and it was a similar thing. Like after a little while, I'd burn all the stuff in my head out and it just sort of be trance and I would be present. These days I live, I live in New York, but I live close to a park. So I go to a park every day and it's allowing yourself to sit and notice the things around you. And it allows you to be present because you cannot be in a place of creativity and building something new if you are not present. If you're for, if you're thinking about the future, what's going to happen? If you're thinking about preventing what happened in the past, you don't have access to what you can do right now in this moment. When that door opens, when, and I don't know who's listening and what point in life or what journey you're on, I can only speak from my own experience. When the door opened for me and I realized I didn't have to keep myself in the dark. It was okay to come out. It was okay to feel safe in your own environment. Now, am I protective? Yes. I'm still aware of my surroundings. That's just ingrained in me. But I also, now I can enjoy my surroundings and not constantly would be looking for a threat. And when that door opened, and it'll open for you too, whoever might be listening, it will. When it opened, oh my goodness, your life does change. You see everything differently. You feel everything differently. One thing I've noticed, and I wanted to ask you too, I have found that the more I let myself out of those fortress walls, the more often I do that and experience gentleness, I have found that if I come in contact or read or listen to or view something that's negative, I have a, a ridiculous amount of empathy. It's I've become more and more and more empathetic. And that's a, that's a whole nother journey, probably a whole nother conversation, but I've become <laughs> so, so empathetic that I can physically feel certain things. Even, you know, when I'm outdoors, like with that deer and her mama coming in, it was like a physical, I felt it physically, just, just the amazingness of it the whole beauty of it. I felt it. It's like I felt it in my soul. And I never used to feel that. So it's like once that door opened, I feel so much. Whereas before it was don't feel anything. No, don't feel that. Don't let yourself feel that. Don't let yourself feel that. And now when that since that door's open, and this was a whole part of the journey, you have to learn how to let yourself feel and embrace mm -hmm. it and not be frightened away by it or want to crawl back in that dark spot. But I have found that, oh my goodness, I even had told my counselor at one point, I said, I don't want to feel all this stuff. And I was angry because it was just too much. And it felt like it was too much. It's not, but it felt like it at the time. And I remember myself saying that. And I look back and listen to myself in my head saying, I don't want to feel all of this stuff. It's too much. 
Yeah. And that was heavy. That was heavy. And it still is if I think about it. And, and I'm like, but yeah, but Kim, when you didn't feel anything, it was empty. I'd rather be full than empty. Right. Well, and the other piece of it is when you don't feel anything, when you're behind the walls, you're ready to fight constantly, you're shutting off your access to joy. So yes, of course, some not good things happen and we get to experience some not good emotions because of that. But when you allow yourself to actually feel, you can access the joy. You can access the gratitude. You can access all of those things. And this is why it's so important because you can tell if you're in a situation that's really toxic because you can feel it. Whereas when you're in full-blown warrior mode and you've got all those walls up, you can't feel all the negative stuff and maybe the like manipulations or somebody has, you imagine how many times if you're wearing a suit of armor, how many times someone has to hit you with a sword before it actually cuts you. If you're not wearing the armor, somebody barely even like they come at you with a paper and you get a paper cut. You're like, oh, this is not the right person for me to be around. So you leave. But when you've got all that armor, you're just willing to take and take and take. And really, it begins to break your soul over time. And so, yeah, it's it's a lot. It is a lot. It, it, we weren't met. I'll say it again. We weren't put on this planet to live in the dark. We certainly weren't put on this planet to walk around with broken souls. We weren't. Yeah, We're here to love one another and care for one another. That's pretty much what we're here for. And the world is trying to tell us otherwise. Yeah. And I'm one that won't believe it. I don't believe it. And I don't listen to it. <laughs> I don't listen to it. <laughs> good, good. Okay, so we're going to continue this conversation. Kim, I want you to tell us how people can get in touch with you, how they can access your podcast. Tell us all the things and we're going to continue this conversation because you have three things that you did when you were switching from warrior career to creative career that really helped you out and helped you make that shift. And I want to share that with everybody. So tell us how people can find you. And then we'll dive into that. Okay. The easiest way, it's short and sweet. Just go to my website at kimlinglingauthor.com. It's K-I-M-L-E-N-G-L-I-N-G, author.com. You can contact me through there. There's episodes. You can listen to the episodes of my podcast, see what's going on, what I'm writing, my books, and all that stuff. It's all located in the one spot. So easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Just go to my website, kimlinglingauthor.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so you were working in sales and marketing. You were on the road all of the time. And then the pandemic hit. Dun, dun, dun. The world <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you did when that happened. What was going through your mind? Tell us the story. Well, as you said, and I always say, and it's, it's, it's like I have to say it with drama. The world changed. So when that happened, I lost my job as millions and millions of other people did. I was a road warrior 
And when the doors closed across the entire country, that meant there was no place for me to visit because everybody was shut down. And a lot of them stayed shut down, unfortunately. So I, I knew it was coming, so I wasn't surprised by it, but I lost my job. But I hadn't really put myself in a place where I could think about what I would do because I was like, well, I'm still here. It was a weird time for everybody, a weird time for everybody. But when I lost my job, I was sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, I'm at a certain place in my life right now, a certain age and season. I have no interest in sending out resumes. I have no interest in updating my resume, using all the right buzzwords and sending it out, looking for another job. And so I gave myself 24 hours to be angry because yeah, there's anger in there when you lose a job, no matter if you saw it coming or not, or if it was amicable or not, there's still anger in there. So I gave myself 24 hours, said, Kim, give yourself 24 hours, be angry at the world, go outside, yell, scream, swear, whatever it is you need to do 24 hours. And then after that, you're going to pull up your big girl panties and you're going to sit down and think, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? And what do you want to do? So that's what I did. I was angry for 24 hours and I was angry for 24 hours and it felt good, really mad. <laughs> And I don't normally let all of that rah, come out, but I was like, you know what, Kim, 24 hours, no longer. And so I did, I was mad. And I got that all out of my system. And I woke up the next morning, I was literally sitting on the side of my bed. All right, what do you get at? What are you passionate about? And what is it that you like to do? What do you want to do? And I've never given myself that opportunity. Because it's always, well, no, you have to have a real job said in quotes. You have to work outside the home. You have to do this. You have to have that regular paycheck every two weeks. You have to have, you know, insurance and this and this. You have to, you have to, you have to. And all those things are to protect and prevent. Those are the things that you do to build the fortress, to make sure that the family is safe, that everybody's okay. And it doesn't take in the actual needs for the spirit or the soul in, into account. Exactly. Very well said, dear heart. So I had never given myself that opportunity to say, Kim, what does you want to do? <laughs> Look at your life right now. Where are you at? What do you have? What do you want? What do you want to do? And so I decided to take a risk on myself. And it was a very unpopular decision to many, many others. Yes. What but did I they thought, say? You have to, what do you mean you're not going to get a real job? That's what I heard that a lot. Get a real job. I went, well, mm -hmm. writing is real. Podcasting is real. It's just not what you're comfortable or familiar with. But this is what I've been doing for years. I've been writing for years. Why wouldn't I want to, you know, now I have this opportunity. The world is shut down. I can't go anywhere and get a job now anyway, even if I wanted to because it was shut down and the world opened up. I mean, I know the pandemic was awful. I am certainly not playing downplaying any of it because it was awful. And especially with many people I personally know, it was very traumatic to a lot of people, but there's a flip side to that too. It, it opened up the world and it opened up doors to an awful lot of people too, because yeah. the world changed on how they communicate, how they connect all of that stuff. I never 
literally, I never would have met you. I right. wouldn't have because I would be sitting in an office right now, clocking in my eight hours, driving from customer to customer. So it did open doors for a lot of people who were able to see through the crack in the door that had been opened. And right. I thought, you know, that door's open. So I'm the ages I'm at and where I'm at in life right now. And I'm not, this is my personal journey. Not everybody's in the same spot I am. So I thought, you know, okay, I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else because this I'm this is new. You know, I'm just tentatively stepping out there. And then I, I decided it's like, take a risk on yourself, Kim. Take a risk. And it was risky because I needed an income. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I still have to pay my bills and buy dog food. So, and it's just me. So I don't have a second income to fall back on or anything like that. And so it was risky to me. These are my own words I'm using. It was risky, but I decided if I don't do this now, take this risk on my own, on myself, gamble on myself, I, however it is you want to word it, I'll never do it. I'll never do what I really like to do. I'll never do what I have a, a true passion for. I'll never do it if I don't do it now. If if and I hadn't if I had not done taken that step and and given myself permission to step through the crack in that door that it opened, I would still be miserable. I was in such a the office atmosphere where I worked at my last job was very very toxic. And I Literally the last year I was there became physically ill because of it. And that manifested mm -hmm. into more illnesses. And for someone who lives with PTSD, that's not good. So all mm -hmm. of that came into play. I was not well physically and I could feel myself mentally and I could feel myself building all those walls again. And then I thought, Oh, okay. Well, the pandemic came and, I, people were like, oh, I can't do this isolation. I was like, oh, this feels beautiful. <laughs> I love being here by myself. I don't have anybody talking about me or trying to stab me in the back all the time every day, just because for whatever their reason is. I never even put too much thought into it because whatever they spewed out of their mouth, that's on them, not me. Right. That's their issues. That's issues they need to, to face. They're not my issues. So I took a chance on myself and just decided to do it. So I just started reaching out to people that I, I knew. And then I got online because the world had opened up virtually. So I started joining organizations and writing groups and all these from all over the world, internationally and, and domestically, and started my podcast. And in that first year, I had three collaborative books published because I met people in those first few months that were, I was like, oh my goodness, I never, I meet people from South Africa and the United Kingdom and all these different countries. And we all clicked and I'm like, we all have so much in common. Mm -hmm. Now language might be different. Cultures might be different, but down to the base of it. Oh my goodness. I have met the most beautiful souls from all over the world through my podcast and the collaborative book projects that I coordinate. Oh my goodness. And I can't now, three years later, I can't picture my life any other way. And I look back and think, oh, wow, should have did this sooner. But then I have to, then I have to knock myself. I have to tap myself a little bit and say, Kim, 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 
it wouldn't have worked sooner. Right. I had to reach that point. All the things aligned the way they were supposed to. And I see that now. Yeah. Because if I had done this sooner, I don't think it would have worked. I wouldn't have had the time or the energy or the mental fortitude to do it. It's interesting that you bring up that point. And I'm currently reading a new book by one of my former podcast guests, Sean Randall. It's called The Manifestation Method. And one of the things in there he says, and this just struck me, he said, everything that went right, or wait, <laughs> I just read it last night. So it's not <laughs> really ingrained in my thing. Everything that could go right did. So looking at that aspect, you just said that you wouldn't have been able to do it then. You weren't in that place yet. And so we look back, we can look back at our life with regret. But if you look at it through the lens of everything that could go right did, like maybe you didn't have the resources yet to make the step like that. The pandemic, the world shutting down gave you a resource. It gave you an opportunity to make something new happen. And a lot of people took advantage of that. I know I took advantage of it. <laughs> and so we get the war. We can't control the outside world. We can do our best with the resources we have. We can look within ourselves to change the things within ourselves to take the next step to get us closer to what we want. And instead of looking at all the things that went wrong, look at the pieces that went right, because what the best, the things that could go right did. And then of course we always troubleshoot. Well, what were the things that were in the way of more going right rather than what went wrong? What were the things in the way of more going right? And so, you know, that space, not having the space and the time of the world shutting down was one of the things that was in the way of more going right to leading you here. So what a gift it was for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, there's a lot of people who did take advantage. And I've met many of them too, just like you probably have on your podcast and through other things that you do. But then if you really think about it, it's very small. It's a very small percentage of the population. And there's so many, many, many people still living in. And I'm not saying go quit your job, but you'll know you're going to know. I knew deep down at that point in time that I had to make a change for me. There are a lot of other factors. Like I had said, my physical and mental well-being were really taking a hit a year prior to that for an entire year prior to that. So look at your life and I'm not saying risk everything. I don't have, my child is grown and on her own. It's just me and my dog. So I'm in a totally different place, but I've had people and I don't know if you have either or maybe have, but I've had people, maybe they're younger than me, 10, 15 years younger than me. And they'll say, well, oh, I'm really envious of you. I'll say, don't be envious because this isn't your journey. I'm at a completely different place in my life now, a totally different season. You're in, you're still a young mom with kids at home. That's a whole season in itself. Don't compare, don't envy what others have. 
and I'm not saying I have a lot, but people were envying, I guess, my freedom to do what I wanted. There is freedom to do what I want, but I'm working my tail off. Right. I work longer hours than I ever did sitting in an office. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I've come across that really quite often with folks that are 10, 15, maybe 20 years younger than me. Oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And I keep gently saying and reminding, I'm at a totally different season in my life. I'm in my 50s, kiddo. I've been there, done that, what you're doing already, you know? Yeah. Well, the other piece, though, the reason we can work longer hours is because we're in creator mode and not warrior mode. So what we're doing energizes us. Yes. So the writing energizes us. The podcasting energizes us. The work I do with my clients energizes me. So all of these things allow me to put more hours in and feel more joy because I'm creating something. I'm not in protect and prevent. Some of my marketing stuff works. Some of it doesn't. You just keep going because you're trying to build and create without the walls. Absolutely. And I love how you pointed out some of the stuff works and some of it doesn't. Oh, I've had big old fails with a capital F a few times. And I'll be like, well, that didn't work, Kim. <laughs> but if right. I was being paid, if I was being paid, if I was out working outside the office and a nine to five or eight to four, or whatever, somewhere else, and something didn't work, you'd have comeback off of that. You'd have others telling you, you know, that, 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 that didn't work. Do this, do this, do this. That didn't work. It would be negative energy coming at you. Yes. Yes. So I've found that, and I have, I've had some doozy failures. I'll be like, wow, that one cost me money too. Ah, <laughs> I have learned to sit there and say, all right, now I've just learned literally what not to do and check that off. Just check done. Won't do that again. Or I'll tweak it. Say, I know, I know it can work. It's just the way I did it. I did it. I should have shifted a little bit here, whatever. And I'm sure you've been there too, but it's a learning thing. And I don't, I've learned not to beat myself up about it. I used to, right. I, I, at the beginning, I would beat myself up about something like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And you have that whole stupid negative self-talk going on. Why isn't this working? Oh, it's because you're not good enough, Kim. That's why it's not working, loser. But then I'm like, nah, nah, not today. I, I call it the D-man, the devil perches on my shoulder. I'm like, nah, flick him off, not today. I'm not listening to your crap. Not happening today. So I just learn. And that's that's a journey in itself. That's a whole process. Learning how to hear those voices, acknowledge them and kick them to the curb when they need to be. And everybody <laughs> makes a mistake. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Or maybe we're all perfect. And we just keep thinking that we're not because we're going into the like focusing on what we don't have, but what you do have is perfect. Yes. That is so important. That is so important. Be grateful for what you have, not what you don't have. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one to come to too sometimes for, for some people. Absolutely. It was for me, but oh my goodness, I'm grateful when I wake up, I literally say thank you. Every day yeah. I wake up. Thank you that I'm able to do what I do. That I'm able to get out in the, the field in the woods and walk my dog every day. 
thank you. Thank you for that incredible sunrise this morning. Thank you for the mama deer and her babies coming in to, to visit. I'm, mm -hmm. I find myself literally saying thank you out loud a lot. And you will be surprised, maybe, maybe some folks will be surprised if you, and I say it out loud because that's what works for me. If you verbalize mm -hmm. it, give voice to it, make some noise out there. You're going to, it changes your whole attitude. Wow. Yeah, it really does. And one of the pieces about it, right? If you're in warrior mode, you're thinking about the future, what's going to happen and go wrong in the future. You're going to, you're thinking about the past, what went wrong in the past? How do I prevent it? So you're not actually in the present. You cannot access gratitude when you're not present because gratitude is about what you have right now. It's not about what you're going to have in the future, unless you're doing some manifesting mind techniques, that's a little different, but just generally speaking, it's about what you have right now. You cannot be grateful for something you don't have. <laughs> and, it's, and it's, you know what's funny, it sounds so simple, but it's not. Right. I mean, it's a difficult, because I've been in that dark place and I know how hard it is to feel grateful. You don't, you just, you don't. And I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm certainly not trying to blow smoke on anybody with what I'm saying. This was a long journey to get where I'm at now. It wasn't something that just, I woke up and said, I'm going to feel great today and every day henceforth. It's a journey and everybody has their own journey. And the whole gratitude thing, it's funny. I, I literally forgot until just now. Over those three years, the whole, when the world changed, uh, so I, I made a gratitude journal that helped too. I created a gratitude journal and published it. Now I'm a Christian. So there's, there's Bible verses and stuff in there. And that's what has helped me along my journey, certain verses. So if I do feel myself in one of those days where I'm still very grateful, but then, you know, you have those moments. I just want to lay down on the couch and sleep. Then you're like, no, Kim, you're sleeping. No, you're going to sleep away an hour of what you could be doing this or this or this. And then I have to remind myself grateful. I'm grateful for this. Everybody should be grateful for just waking up because so many people aren't. I mean, really, really look around, look at your neighbors or your coworkers. You have no idea what they might be going through in their private lives. Yeah. Somebody might've lost a spouse. Maybe someone has a terminal illness. Maybe they have just been diagnosed with something or they have incredible, you know, their marriage is failing financial struggles. No, but you never know. And that's why I always say, I just want to be a nugget of hope to people. I just want to toss out nuggets of hope with my podcast. I want to talk about, want to talk about that as, as we wrap up, but I do want to say, cause we're talking about this place of where people are, what they're going through, their work isn't going well. And you talked about your own journey, how your job was affecting your mental health, your physical health. And those of you that know me know that's what I help people work on, the work stress, feeling good at work now, even if you're dealing with toxic coworkers, toxic bosses, toxic workplace. And a big piece of that is that we've got bosses and company owners that are in that warrior mode to protect and prevent, and they're not going to allow that creator mode to actually get them out of that place. But if you're in that place, if you're working under somebody like that, it's really difficult to not let yourself slip into that warrior mode 
constantly shutting down, putting up the walls, all of that. So if you're struggling there and you want to have a conversation with me about how you can break out of that, you can do that. Book a call with me at elevatebookacall.com. Open up your browser, type it in, elevatebookacall.com. And also, again, if you want to know more about Kim, open up your browser, type in kimlinglingauthor.com, and that's K-I-M-L-E-N-G-L-I-N-G author.com. So check her out. Check me out at elevatebookacall.com. And now, Kim, tell us about the nuggets of hope, because this is a really cool thing that you've been doing. So it's been probably the last two years now, and the word hope was showing up everywhere. I was literally seeing it on billboards. When I would listen to something, I'd hear it on other podcasts, some, just the word. The word hope was popping up everywhere. And then I realized that there was, there was a little message in there. I was supposed to do something with this word hope. And so I'm like, what am I supposed to do? What? I'm me sitting in my office, in my house, doing podcasts, talking to people online. What am I, what am I supposed to do with this word hope? And the, the strong feeling strong, I always call it nudges, strong nudges that I was getting was you, you have to, you have to give nuggets of hope to people. And I'm going, uh, <laughs> all right, how am I supposed to do that? So I had these cards, you know, those affirmation cards. They say, you're awesome. You're a rock star. <laughs> you're beautiful. I had some tucked away. So I got those and I carried them with me in my purse or my coat pocket out and about doing my errands. And I started tucking them in places in the stores that I was in. So I'd tuck them in like, like with the, the oil, the motor oil. And I would tuck them in t-shirt pockets and pants pockets or in with the cookies or in with the lunch meat. <laughs> I would just tuck them wherever. And I was recording myself saying, oh, I'm dropping little nuggets of hope around the store today. And I never knew who that affected when they found it. But I just thought, okay, that's that's probably what I'm supposed to do. All right, I'm dropping out nuggets of hope. But it didn't go away. That nudge kept saying, you got to do something. Gotta do. And I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing with this word? And I have learned a while ago to follow those nudges because when I don't, yeah. it just kind of eats at you. And so it was like, no, you, you have to actually be a physical nugget of hope to someone face to face. And I'm going, oh, no, I just want to keep tucking my cards. You know? <laughs> I want to be anonymous. So I, I got online and I'm like, nuggets of hope. What can I do with nuggets of hope? So I got online and I'm just playing around looking for something that I could potentially use. That's not going to cost cost me the whole bank account and I'm looking for things. And I found online these really pretty polished stones that have the word hope engraved in them. And I went, Oh, those are actual nuggets, a nugget mm -hmm. of hope with the word hope on it. So I ordered some, started carrying those around and it started just happening when I was out and about a person, I would see a person say I'm in Walmart or any store, I would see a person and they would catch my eye. Not that they're looking at me, but they, as a person would, I'd be like, Oh, I think that person is supposed to get a nugget of hope today. And it would be so strong. I would like this strong, strong feeling. 
you have to give that particular person a nugget of hope. And the first time I did this, it was very nerve wracking and I was sweating. And I had my little nugget of hope in my pocket and I pulled it out and I just walked up to this complete stranger and said, excuse me, sir, but I would love to give you a nugget of hope today. And I just hold out my hand and he held out his hand without question. And I just put the nugget in his hand and I said, I hope you have a blessed day. And I walked away because I don't think I'm supposed to stand and talk to anybody. I'm not supposed to find out their story. I'm supposed to give them that little nugget of hope that they can carry. And that's, I strongly feel that. And so that's, I've been doing that for almost two years now. And it has been, I've been blessed over and over and over again for the people that I have come in contact with. I mean, I've had people cry. I've had people hug me. I've had people laugh. I've had a couple people look at me like you are crazy, but they, not a single person has ever refused to take the nugget of hope. They all took it. Not a single person. I had, I had one older gentleman yell at me in anger, literally yell, raised voice in anger. And his words were, what the hell do I have to hope for? And I realized as soon as those words came out of his mouth, my heart hurt so much. I didn't take it personally. I didn't feel personally hurt by his verbal blast at me. My heart hurt for him because I thought, oh my goodness, what he must be going through. Right. That I don't see, that I don't know, that I'm not supposed to know. And I just had softly said, sir, I hope, you know, it's, it's just, I'm giving you it so it's hope for whatever it is that you might need at this time. And he really didn't want anything to do with it, but he didn't refuse it. He put the nugget in his pocket. He was in mm -hmm. his late eighties, had to at least been in his late eighties. And I went out to my car after I got all my stuff done and cried. I sat there, put my head on the steering wheel and cried. And I was so overwhelmed with emotion for this older gentleman. Cause I thought, and I still get teary thinking about it. I thought, so yeah, he yelled at me really loud in the middle of a store. Did people notice and hear? Yes. Yeah. And it didn't really matter because it was him and me. And I thought, okay, I have no idea. Maybe he has been really, really sick for a long time. And this was his first time getting out of the house for a while. And he just needed to pick up a few things and he was so dang tired and he couldn't find what he was looking for. And he just wanted to get home. Maybe that was the case. Maybe he's caring for his wife who maybe she has dementia or Alzheimer's and it takes everything he has to be able to get out of the house, to just go run those few errands and then rush home to take care of his wife because he doesn't know what he might come home to find. Maybe his wife just passed away and he doesn't know what the hell she is that she used to buy at the store. I don't know what, you know, cause he kept, right. he, he was angry. He was angry about the dish soap. He kept talking about dish soap and that's what made me think, you know what, maybe he lost his wife and he doesn't have a clue what kind of dish soap she, she bought, but he needs to have that specific kind because that's normal and he can't take any more change and he's lonely and tired and depressed. Yeah. One of the things that really strikes me is that you know, we have these empathetic moments with people. Sometimes they're a reflection of some something we have felt in the past. And so 
I'm going to take a guess and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, because this is just a guess. Perhaps the reason that affected you so deeply is because you could remember a time in your life when you felt hopeless. Oh, absolutely. And so often when people reflect their big emotions at us, it just opens up a wound of when we felt that way too. And we get to, I love that you're giving these nuggets of hope because you're getting so many different reflections of people's states of emotion that you get to also experience and take that time to heal. And I know because of the work that I do, the fact that you went to your car and you cried it out means that you released some of that hopeless emotion that had been stuck in your own body. And so that was the gift that he gave you Mm. was a little piece of you being able to reveal, like release and heal some of your internal wounding. And so as much as you're giving people nuggets of hope, it's coming right back to you in beautiful and powerful ways that you don't even know yet. And like you said, it just creating more and more blessings in your life. So I love that. And those people that receive that, maybe I gave one to somebody and I knew this person, so it wasn't a stranger, but I felt very strongly one day. I'm like, I got to give you one of these, you know? And I told, I'm like, I've been handing them out to people. (laughs) And they just recently said that they passed it on to someone else who who needed it. And I went, oh, so we can all do something like that and make the world a better place. It doesn't have to be this. It could be a phone call, cup of coffee. I get so worked up. I get so jazzed. I'm like, everybody can do this. Why aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and perhaps today is the beginning of the building of a creator warrior that is handing out creator warrior nuggets of hopes deliverers out in the world (laughs) because it is something that anybody can do. So if you feel inspired by this story, perhaps you figure out your own way to give out nuggets of hope or you get the polished rocks that say hope on them and do it that way too, because there is no way that this could be a negative thing. It only creates positive things to ripple out into the world. Right. Kim, right. thank you so much for sharing your story, your experiences, and all that you are bringing to the world. I am so grateful to have you here. And everybody remember when we feel good about who we are and what we do, we create joy and elevate humanity. Thank you all. And we'll see you next time on Be The Wolf. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.